as we come to Pentecost, uh, we have this reading every single year. And uh, um, one of the things that comes up is, well, what does it look like to uh, celebrate the presence of the Holy Spirit in the Anglican Church? Um, Because um, we're very good at making sure that our prayers are Trinitarian. If you look at a good Anglican collect, it will always have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in there somewhere. If it doesn't, then it's a bad collect, and I dare you to tell someone that wrote it. It's a bad collect because it's not Trinitarian. So we always make sure the Trinity's there. In the Eucharistic prayer, we say the Lord is here, his Spirit is with us. But too often and for too long, it's been possible to say the Lord is here, his Spirit is with us. As opposed to the Lord is here, his Spirit is with us. And so one of the things we have six uh, core values that go with our beliefs here at St. George's is that the Holy Spirit is living and present and here today. And that's not something I've brought to the church in the time I've been here. The Holy Spirit was here already. And the Holy Spirit will be here when I'm gone, I hope. The Spirit is not dependent on a time or a person, but there are seasons where we do see uh, more work of the, the Spirit to be uh, more in evidence um, at particular times. If you look to Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all in one place. They'd been preparing, as we've heard in the weeks running up, for the Spirit to come. And... Um, I don't know about you, when you prepare for something and you prepare for something to come, it makes it more possible to see it and be ready when it comes. Not always, sometimes things can catch us by surprise. But normally there's something about the preparation for something to come. We've been in birthday season in our house for a while and so there's there's been preparations for birthdays to come. And the work that goes into preparing for a birthday, um, whether you're organizing a party or you're making a cake um, or you're... um, you know, buying presents, all those different things. The work that goes into the preparation means that when the day comes, uh, you, you know what to expect. How have we been preparing for Pentecost? Well, across the city and the world, we have been preparing for Pentecost. In the Anglican Church worldwide, um, and other churches have taken this on too, um, the Thy Kingdom Come um, thing, uh, just raise a hand if you've heard of it, um, great. So uh, in morning prayer, it's been the theme it's between Ascension and Pentecost, and it's been the theme around the world that as we look for Pentecost, to pray for the Holy Spirit to come, and to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, which is what Jesus says we should pray when we pray. And so the encouragement in the thy kingdom come a prayer movement around the world is that we would pray that the Spirit would come into the lives of people who we know and love and who are not sitting alongside us uh, on the journey of faith. They're not walking the journey of faith yet. And so we pray, um, and we're encouraged to pray for five people uh, in order to uh, pray that uh, the kingdom of God would break through into their lives. And so for us in Maple Ridge and Pitt Meadows in this season two, uh, through the Pray Ridge Meadows initiative, which is an initiative across many different denominations, churches and ministries uh, for prayer, um, there has been uh, an encouragement to go out and walk and pray um, 
of the 724 streets, about 200 of them, uh, somebody signed up and said, I'm going to go on this particular street and pray. Um, And I don't know whether you've been out uh, prayer walking. Maybe, uh, I know for some people, they didn't want to sign up because we don't like committing to anything uh, in life anymore, do we? So, But maybe you've been out and praying anyway as you've walked. And there's something amazing about uh, going out and prayer walking. As I've been out, uh, I have seen things that I would not normally see as I've stopped in front of someone's house and said to the Lord, how can I pray for these people? And normally there are signs as you begin to look. If we're not looking, it's much harder for us to see something. We'll, We'll almost have to be stopped in our tracks and woken up. But if we go out with our eyes looking for how can I pray, thy kingdom come in this street, for this house, in this place, then I think the Lord honors that and gives us words that we might, um, we might see and use. And so all this to say that we are in a place, uh, and we do this every year between Easter and running up to Pentecost, where in celebrating the resurrection, we look for the Spirit to come. And one of the things that often comes up is people say, well, why do we have this focus on the Spirit to come? In fact, I don't know if you were here for the second song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I never used to like singing that song because I thought, what right do we have to say that the Holy Spirit is welcome here? What right do we have to say that the Holy Spirit is welcome here? This isn't our church, this is God's church. And it's almost like we're inviting the Spirit in, in a way of saying, oh, it's okay, come in, come on, you're welcome, you're welcome, come in. As you might do if you um, invite someone into your house. Oh, welcome, come in, come in. But the more I thought about and reflected on that song, um, I recognized that it's not true that the Holy Spirit is always welcome. Because when we say to the Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, we surrender something of ourselves. If I said, and I won't do this, but if I said right now, would somebody like to volunteer? The thought that will go through your mind would probably be, if it wasn't just no, the thought would be, what is he going to get me to do? I don't know if you've ever been to a stand-up comedy show, but my top tip, having watched a lot of these, uh, is never sit in the front row. Never sit in the front row. The same if you go to a pantomime. Never sit in the front row. You will be picked on. And it will be a question of when. At some point, you will be picked on. Do you know what I mean? If you watch these things on the telly or a Netflix comedy special, if you're in the front row, you're going to get picked on. And so there's that sense of dread, perhaps, when someone at the front says, I need a volunteer. Because you start thinking, I hope someone's going to volunteer. Because if nobody volunteers, I might get picked. Now, I'm not looking today for volunteers, but God is. What does it look like to volunteer? What does it look like to have open hands and to say, I'm ready. I'm ready, Holy Spirit, for you to come and do what you might do. We see in the story of Pentecost, and I'm going to come back to what it looks like in a bit, so I'm going to hold that one because it's the second half of the reading. 
There were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. This was the Feast of Weeks. It was a big festival. It was the third big festival. Loads of people were in Jerusalem. Uh, If you were in Pitt Meadows yesterday, the Pitt Meadows Day was on. Uh, It was kind of like the Pitt Meadows Day, except a bit more holy. Um, They were there. They were ready. They were from all over. And uh, that great long list of names that Roxanne read for us, all those countries, the point of that was people from all the known world, in inverted commas, were there, and they were gathered. They were expectant, uh, being in a place where God would move. And they heard um, these people who were Galileans speaking in their own language. Now, what you might know is that often they did speak the same languages as each other, but they had different dialects. Uh, It's really fun sometimes, isn't it, when you hear people who speak the same language, but they sound different. I wonder if you can tell by hearing somebody speaking in English which part of Canada they're from. I find it's quite hard, actually. There's a couple of places where you can normally pinpoint it. Um, But then in other parts of the world, uh, you can normally tell, like, if someone's from the States, which bit they're from. Uh, Where I'm from in England, uh, you can narrow it down to very small geographic areas. Um, And I was uh, somewhere the other day, I forget where I was, in a mall or in a shop or something, and I I was walking through... And I heard somebody speaking, and I recognized the exact dialect that I thought they had. And then I thought to myself, shall I go up to them and say, are you from Preston? But then I thought, if they weren't from Preston, and they were actually from Manchester, I might get punched in the face, and so I didn't. But they had that sound. That, I imagine, is is some of what was going on here. It was people were hearing their own dialects that were so specific Why is that important? Because the Spirit made sure not just that people heard in their own language, but they could hear the specific dialect they were speaking. The turns of phrase they would use. They would hear the gospel in a way that would make sense for them. And that was people from all over the known world. Some, however, made fun of them, it says, of course, and said they've had too much wine. We try and give explanations, don't we, to the Holy Spirit at work. I wonder if you've seen something in your life that you feel has been a miracle that's happened. And there will be some people who will say straight away, that's a miracle. And other people will say, well, you know, probably it was this, this, and this. And they'll have a rational explanation. The rational explanation for the way these people were behaving, was that they must be drunk. And so then Peter stands up and he says, they can't be drunk. The pubs are not even open. It's only nine in the morning. And he uh, preaches to them. And the first half of his preach is a sermon from, or words from the prophet Joel. When Joel says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on it goes. I wonder if we're ready to volunteer for that kind of life where we might prophesy, see visions, dream dreams, and hear from God. This is the stuff that when someone says, do you want to volunteer for that? You might think, well... I don't want to lose control. Ultimately, I think that the reason uh, the Holy Spirit has not been given the prominence in the Anglican Church it might have been given is because it might mean 
we lose control. And through the history of the Anglican Church, we like order, we like structure. We call it liturgy, meaning pattern. We like to make sure we know what is going to happen. Sometimes things happen that surprise us. My guitar string snapped this morning. That's the second time in a few weeks. Thankfully, uh, someone found the spare guitar, um, and I'm going to have to look and see. Maybe I've been buying the wrong sets of strings, because uh, that's unusual. Sometimes things catch us out by surprise. And sometimes God will catch us by surprise if we're really open for the Spirit to be at work. He might be calling us to do something that we feel is out of our comfort zone and is in fact supernatural. But the supernatural begins from this place of being rooted and grounded in a church. If we don't know what Jesus says to us in this book, if we don't know what the Spirit says in the words written in the Bible, how can we expect to be out wandering the streets and know what to pray for the house, school, and business we walk by? We first have to be grounded and rooted in the ordinary. If you learnt prayers by rote when you were younger, it's those prayers that will come back in the times when you don't know what to pray. The Spirit will take what it is ingrained in us that we know and will use it. When I go and visit people in hospital, um, I tend to pray the 23rd, uh, say the 23rd Psalm. I tend to pray the Lord's Prayer. If I visited you, I probably would do that. If I ever visit you, I'll probably do that. We start with what we know. We start with what is so rooted and deep within us that we feel comfortable in. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And so it goes on. We start from a place of what we know. And as we step out in faith, God can use us. God does use us. I wonder if you're willing to volunteer for the kind of stuff that God wants to use us for. Visions, dreams, prophecies, words of knowledge and all this stuff. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. Or are we? As we step out and walk the streets in prayer, or if you pray tomorrow in the 24-7 prayer, we've got a day when um, St. George's takes each hour of the day and night. To be honest, we're not very good at the night bit, but people sign up in the day. Um, and uh, if you haven't signed up and don't know anything about it, then um, catch Mary Lou, who's playing the piano before she leaves, and say, can I sign up? She sends a message out every month and says to people, will you be willing to sign up for an hour to pray for the city? These different ways we can step into prayer. Our being rooted in scripture, and in prayer, our knowing the Holy Spirit is with us means that then we can step into those things uh, with a real grounding in our faith. They were told in Acts chapter 1 uh, that uh, the Spirit is coming. The Spirit of, as you can see behind me, of fire and wind and flame. 
And they probably were quite excited by that. My sense is that for many of us, we're not. That's not the kind of spirit we need right now. Last week, as I um, saw the faces of people at both services on Sunday, and as I spent some time leading prayer um, at uh, the 10 o'clock service particularly, um, we just had a time of being quiet and waiting. Because sometimes we have to shut up. I have to shut up to listen to what God is going to be saying. And as I stood and as I looked out, my sense was that we're carrying a lot of burdens. The COVID season has been a time of anxiety and of stress. And we show that on our faces. And so as we pray for the Spirit to come on this Pentecost Sunday, I'm not sure that we're ready for the Spirit to come, as the song says, like a rushing wind. I think we may need the Spirit to come like a gentle wind. There are always some who need the rushing wind. And that's awesome. But for many of us, I think we need to experience the Spirit in its gentleness. Charles Spurgeon was a Baptist preacher, I think, from the 18th century. It might have been the 19th century, but a while ago. And he famously was asked by a woman in a church he was preaching in, why is it that you keep on praying that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit? And he said to her, because, madam, I leak. How can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? And then... Leak. Well, I've got my little uh, visual aid here to demonstrate, um, and I appreciate there's no children in the church at this time, um, but I think adults like visual aids too. So this is dangerous. Um, never try and blow up a balloon in front of your congregation. It might not work, but here we go. Um, one of the ways we might understand the Holy Spirit in us is like a balloon. So here we go. This balloon is full of air. If I said to you what's inside it, you'd say, well, it's full of air. And yet, there is space for more air. If this works. I think this is quite a small balloon. I don't want to blow it up too much. It will pop, and the illustration will pop with it. Uh, but you can see now, the balloon is still full of air. But there's more air in there. And so as we pray for the Spirit to fill us afresh, we have a greater capacity to receive and experience the Spirit of God than we realize. As we pray for the Spirit to come more and more and fill us afresh, we have more capacity to receive. As the week goes on, sometimes it feels like the Spirit's gone. The air has come out of us. And so that's why it's important that every week and not just Pentecost Sunday, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us afresh? Because as we go, we leak. As we drive out of the parking lot and nobody lets us in, the Spirit begins to drain really quickly as the anger builds up and Judney Trunk Road traffic comes back to bite. You can go out through the village slowly, watch the speed limit. 
But that's one of my suggestions. If you want to make sure the spirit doesn't leak straight out as soon as you get out that way, go the other way out of church. I don't know where you are today with the Holy Spirit. Whether you are longing to receive um, fresh gifts of the Spirit. We've talked about gifts in the past. Maybe you think, you know, I'd love to be able to pray in tongues. Also such a gift when you're out um, praying for the streets. If you're able to pray in tongues, it really saves knowing what to pray for. And the Spirit intercedes for us with wordless groans. Um, Although my top tip is don't run and pray in tongues because you get out of breath. Um, I've tried that once. Uh, but as you, as you, maybe that is something you'd like to know. You'd like to know what's it like to be able to pray in tongues. Maybe there's other gifts you'd like. You'd like gifts of prophecy or wisdom, um, other spiritual gifts. So as I pray in a moment, if your feeling is you'd like to receive kind of gifts or the stuff that's talked about in Joel, the visions, the dreams, would God use you in those ways? Maybe that's what you could be praying for. Maybe you are one of those people who uh, just has really struggled in this season, the last two years, and you really want to feel the spirit of peace. Um, sometimes the spirit comes on us and we just need to cry. I don't know if you've experienced that before, but sometimes we just need to cry as the spirit is at work in us. Um, and maybe um, you feel the Spirit is like those early disciples uh, calling you to go out and share the good news of faith. Maybe you want to go and, and, and share good news in a language that doesn't feel like your own, in words that someone will understand. Maybe it's something else. But I'm going to invite you as I finish to stand if you'd like to, but you don't have to stand. And if you'd like to hold your hands out in the posture of being ready to receive, again, you don't have to do this. I find it's helpful. The Spirit can still come on you if you're clenched like this. But somehow I know when I stand in an open position with my hands stretched out, uh, I feel that um, I'm, I'm with my body ready and prepared for the Spirit to come. And so let's stand, if, you, if you'd like to, with me. And we'll just pray for a fresh filling of the Spirit. If you're watching at home, I, I know this is uh, weird, watching at home something like this as we spend some time in quiet. But I just encourage you, maybe even where you are at home, to hold out your hands, to stand up where you are, to take a deep breath. I'll just tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give a few uh, seconds of quiet first, and then I'm going to pray. Uh, and then we're going to have, uh, Roxanne will come and lead us in our prayers of intercession, carrying on those prayers. We pray, come Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, would you fall afresh on us? Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We pray for more of your peace in our life. Come Holy Spirit.
Thank you, Lord.